0: You found the Playmakers on CBS Sports Radio 1140.
2: Oh, well, i Lindsay with you on this Monday afternoon. Remember, Odyssey is your brand new home for all the audio that matters to you. Download the Odyssey app today, spelled A-U-D-A-C-Y, to listen to CBS Sports Radio 1140. To favorite us... Just search us out, CBS Sports Radio 1140 on the app, and hit the heart in the upper portion of your screen. Vegas Golden Knights off today, back in Game 2 tomorrow night at Team mobile against the Minnesota Wild, in which they need to come back and get some dubs. But in Minnesota, they are seeing things in a much different light. There are two Declan Goffs, by the way, who have a very prolific uh, social media uh, uh, profile. Mm. One is an amateur drift car racer in Australia. We do not have that Declan Goff with us.
1: Damn it. Disappointed again.
2: (laughs) We have the other one who writes pretty much about everything about Minnesota sports for a variety of publications, which I'm sure he could get into if we just asked him. Declan Goff joining the program. Declan, welcome back
0: hey man what's going on yeah i'm not the other declan goff um i have tried to get that twitter handle but i guess i can't get it and it's kind of an issue but yes i am one of the two artists known i guess as declan goff
1: you're my favorite declan just so you know
0: thank you linds i appreciate that.
1: first of all hi
0: hi Lindsay. how are (laughs)
1: you i've been better to be honest declan and like you know she's torn. I'm torn. Well, everybody is messaging me like, "Who are you rooting for? Are you rooting for the Wild? Are you rooting for the Knights?" First of all, we're not supposed to root for anybody. I'm just supposed to watch the all hockey. Right. Like we are professionals. Declan, that is what we learned in our at our foundational time at, at Score North. That you are still there, and I've moved on. But it just didn't feel good to me watching that game last night. And it wasn't like I anticipated a loss, but it just didn't feel like the Golden Knights had a way to overcome the, the Minnesota Wild and the level of discipline that they play with. Was it ever a doubt in your mind? And trust me, there usually would be, considering we're Minnesota, like yeah. we're used to bad things happening. But did you feel as uh, comfortable with the Wild probably figuring out that game at some point as, as I thought they were going to last night? Uh, I mean, after the
0: first 20, I was a little worried, obviously, because Vegas came out with with a lot of firepower and, what, 19 shots on goal. The Wild only had, like, five. So, yeah, I I was definitely a little worried, but I felt like I can weather the storm, get out of that first period, new game in the second. And it felt weird because Vegas in the first period just, like, dominated the chances. And, you know, the Wild were throwing the bodies around and they had a lot of hits. But I felt like as the game wore on after the strong start from the first, Vegas, like, kind of gotten this weird rhythm where they couldn't figure out if we wanted to like still shove it down the wild throat offensively but then they also were also trying to match the physicality and I felt like they were starting not to chase the game but they just couldn't figure out who they wanted to be and to me Vegas doesn't seem like a team that is like physically going to fit be like physically dominating you they're not the St. Louis Blues like they're not going to use size and grit to overmatch you necessarily they're going to use their depth and they're going to use a bunch of different lines that they can roll successfully that could score a ton of goals um, so I kind of felt like Vegas it themselves in the last two or three periods, which, and I know, look, Cam Talbot was dynamite. Our Marc-Andre Fleury had like swag on a hundred, just absolutely making save after save yesterday. But I felt like Vegas like basically beated the, beat themselves. And then when you go into these playoff situations, when it goes to overtime and you just need one to get in. And of course, Joel Eriksson gets a classic Joel Eriksson ugly goal, but Hey, it's the playoffs and we'll take it. And yeah, it's a rare win in Minnesota sports. So, Considering how the first 20 minutes went, I was worried, but I I, kind of chalk up to Vegas beating themselves a little bit in the final two periods of regulation.
1: And that, that's exactly what I'm getting at and what we've been talking about on our show today, uh, Declan, in terms of what we saw from the Golden Knights, because they did get away from their, their identity. And while they're the biggest team technically in the NHL, this is a team that is meant to fly, that is meant to play more of an up and down game. I think they built up physicality just to make sure that they're not pushed around to make sure that they can play with the likes of the St. Louis's and with the abs and not get pushed around but when you have a confusion of identities last night, where all of a sudden they're focused on taking hits and not on their, on their best game, which is getting that puck moved up and through the zones, which they were doing so effectively in that first period. That's what I mean. It's like you, you knew that they weren't going to be able to bring anything to kind of shake themselves awake. So it was just kind of like Minnesota was a muskie in the lake, looking up, waiting for waiting to jump on their prey just to, you know, fly with the fishing opener references here. We know our audience here on the playmakers. Yeah, I love it. Exactly. So, I I ask you this with the 128 hits that were apparently thrown last night I think that's probably a little bit uh, overzealous on whoever was, was scoring the game last night but do you think that that was probably a, a mindset that the Minnesota Wild wanted to trap Vegas in, that they wanted to lull them into that? Because we saw a lot of those extracurriculars after the whistle when um, a, a week or so ago when they were playing in Minnesota. But now it just seems to ma- have manifested in the actual gameplay. And it's two different roads to the same result, which is a loss. But do you think that was a, a specific concerted effort for your Wild squad?
0: I think a little bit. I mean... Just from the line of Greenway, Salino, and Eck, they're going to try, they're going to have the task of obviously shutting down Vegas' top line and other top lines that they are to make it in the playoffs. So they're going to rely on that line a ton to basically be that if-to-de-facto playoff shutdown line that you see a lot in playoff hockey where they, they morph from, even though they're more like a third line, some people say it's their first line because it's their best line. No, it's going to be a line that's going to try to shut down opposing teams' top lines. And luckily, Vegas had some opportunities where they did this earlier in the last, uh, earlier in, in the regular season, where they did a good job of shutting down Karel Kaprizov, and like that should be an opponent's top checklist: like shut down Kaprizov. Let's see if the Wild can beat us without him. And that should be the mo of every team in this postseason. And for the most part, the only lines that were really working yesterday were, were was, was Kaprizov and Hartman, and, and Kaprizov drew so much attention that Ryan Hartman, for God's sakes, had like eight grade grade-A chances love side will work next we, time,
1: Declan, right? The next time it'll go Oh, away. my God.
0: I mean, what is the poor guy got to do? I, I love that very clear darn he threw at the TV cameras after Fleury robbed him for like the seventh time, and I'm putting an emphasis on darn because it wasn't darn, and it was another seven of the bad words I won't say on CBS Sports Radio right now. But – for, for, for God's sake, the other lines for the Wild weren't able to get anything going really. Like Theola Johansson, Victor Rask, this is a disaster. And I, if I was the Wild, I would absolutely move Rask down. And Nico Sturm, who played a nice game on the fourth line with with Nick Benito and Nick Bukestad yesterday, that was a solid line. They know their role too. But at this point, Sturm had a couple moments where you could see his speed and, and, and flashy play where you think he should not be playing fourth line minutes. And to be honest, I'd rather move him up because that would get Fiala and Johansson going. Johansson's a playoff bet. I mean, he's had some big moments with the Caps and the Bruins over past years. And Fiala, who is a very dramatic player and, and likes the spotlight and likes to play pissed off, I would rather get Sturm up there to elevate those guys, because then you can go with Vegas. But if the Wild want to get in this check mat, uh, or yeah, chess match, essentially, where they want to play a one nothing game and throw a bunch of bodies, like eventually Vegas is going to be able to beat you. Like, that's, like They're not going to be able to win one nothing games like that. So... If I'm the Wild, that's what I'd be worried about. I'm glad you, you, you did sneak away with the win. Like I do think that is the that that's kind of the takeaway from Game One. You snuck away with the win, and that's probably not the greatest success uh, rate to to win this series. You have to change your game a little bit.
2: Declan Goff of Score North joining us from Minneapolis, breaking down and uh, digging deep with us about the Vegas Golden Knights Minnesota Wild series. One nothing in favor of the Wild right now. Game two tomorrow night at T-Mobile. The Wild had a skate today. Uh, did they see something last night that they could exploit on this Vegas Golden Knights, Vegas Golden Knights team? Because all the reports are suggesting that the players requested this this uh, run through on the ice.
0: Yeah, I kind of I kind of like that from this Wild group. They said, "Look, we could have had a, a lighter practice or no practice at all." And they said, "No, we want to have a full on legitimate practice." And look, Mark Andre Fleury was on his game. He's going to obviously be in the net again. I would assume for Game Two. Um, and good for them to basically essentially realize, like, no, we can't take the day off and celebrate the game one win. I think that was more of the comfortable, wild teams that were in the past. Look, there, there's a lot of Minnesota hockey fans who loved, uh, you know, M- Mikhail Garamlin and Nito Niederrider and Charlie Coyle up and down the list, but I don't know, they also uh, they just got really comfortable at times throughout the courses of regular seasons and then postseason runs. And even though you're kind of in a transition year where things popped up and things are now starting to look good good for you, it's a much different room in there. So I I absolutely love that in the postseason here. They don't want to take a day off, and I think that comes from not just the players but also Dean Evison and general manager Bill Guerin basically working hand in hand um, to totally strip down and make a new wild culture here because postseason you know they, they, they made the postseason plenty of times in the last 10 years but they just have two first round wins to show for it really so I love that they wanted to come out and practice because you're going to have to beat Fleury again somehow tomorrow and usually with the way they were shooting in the great high grade a chances they were getting I think they'll be able to find, find a couple more times but at the same time I, I, I would expect Florida to be on his A game. So glad for the Wild—they wanted to practice and, and say that they didn't want to take this day off.
1: Yeah, they're not just uh, happy to be here. They actually have some expectations to them even though they're the underdog and I think that's what is really working against the Vegas Gold Knights because they know what they're capable of. They know how prolific their offense can be. They know how much they can rely on Marc-Andre Fleury to to keep them in the game. But at the end of the day, if you're not meeting the your expectations, if you're not producing at the level that you expect, your confidence starts to kind of turn in on itself and I was kind of uh, worried about the Wild towards the tail end of their regular season and granted, playoff hockey is very different from the regular season season but it got a little shaky in the crease as you guys came down the home stretch you got spanked a couple times against the St. Louis Blues and granted you're uh sitting down a lot of the best players to make sure that they weren't getting injured and that they were getting some rest time ahead of the the playoffs starting but how big of a deal is it for Cam Talbot to go out there pitch another shutout against the Vegas Gold Knights and and kind of settling that area of of the team as it went through a couple of bumps through these last couple of weeks
0: yeah, I, I really think Talbot's just a different cat than than Devin Dubuc mentally. And that doesn't that's not to shell tell Dubuc short for what he was able to accomplish here in his WoW career. But I mean over the last dozen games you alluded to it there, Lens. like Cam Talbot was not looking really good, but WoW are just getting a lot of wins in front of him. I mean, I think he had like a GA near four, his save percentage was well under ninety, but he had won over half of his starts and you knew that in the playoffs you're not gonna be getting these essentially touchdowns six to seven, seven to six kind of games and you needed him to be a lockdown goaltender for you. And that's what they're able to do. You know, the wild, I believe had reported interest this last summer when Mark Andre Fleury could have possibly been traded to them or traded to another team, but they didn't bite on that. They didn't want to do that trade. So they ended up signing Cam Talbot, who was probably in that second to third tier of NHL free agent goalies this year, they signed to an affordable deal. Um, and I, I will agree with Dubnik on that part. You know, Dubnik's cap hit, I believe, was a very manageable, like, 4.1, and I believe Cam Talbot's right around the, the, the same mark. I think overpaying for goaltending can be kind of a dangerous situation considering how volatile the position group is. You know, like, Robin Leonard's been great, and Mark andre Fleury's been even better, but now you get all this money sunk in to two very volatile positions. So, like, what Bill Guerin was able to do, getting Cam Talbot off a, uh, off a, a decent year in Calgary after coming down from the Edmonton years, um, yeah, he's their number one guy. You know, Kapo Kakanen had some nice showings in the, in the early parts of the year, but he's still clearly going to need some work. Um, but this is Cam Talbot's net. You can obviously tell. Like, I, it would take an awful lot for him not to start a playoff game, I think, going forward throughout this run. Uh, but yeah, Cam Talbot is absolutely the guy. He, he needed that badly, but it goes to show that the trust they have in him and, and his makeup is a lot different than past wild net miners.
1: With Talbot playing well, with the experience that they have, and that defensive group, um, how do you? What is the easiest way to beat this team in their defensive zone? Where is the soft spot that the Golden Knights have to find a way to get to, or to lean on the Minnesota Wild to make this kind of house of cards seem a little more manageable to topple down?
0: Well, I, I mean, look, Leonard and Flurry have the opportunity where they can absolutely steal a game. Like obviously, Mark Andre Flurry should have gotten the W yesterday. That was pretty obvious. Cam Talbot was just that a little much better. Um Vegas has some definite I mean their their biggest holes you'd probably agree with it too is that, you know, their blue line depth is just it's not the wild depth. It's not really it's got some nice pieces here and there who are good role players, but they don't have the four or three shutdown defensive pairings like the Minnesota Wild basically do. Um, so if, if you're the you know if you're the Vegas Knights and you, you're trying to slow them down, number one, you, you did well on the power play because the Wild's power play over the last month has been damn good. Um, so that was a good that was a good win for you. And then second would be the same kind of thing like shut down Kirill Kaprizov, let these other guys try to beat you. Like if you're Vegas, I don't really think you change a whole lot of your game necessarily from a defensive approach. Um, in the defensive end, you know, Fleury was feeling himself. I love the cocky swagger he had with 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 the, with the glove hand yesterday. And if you're the Wild, if the glove hand is working, Minnesota, and I hope Dean Evason and company are listening to this podcast or this radio show right now on CBS Sports Radio in Las Vegas, don't shoot on the glove. If the glove is working, shoot anywhere else on the goaltender, for God's sake. So if if I'm the Wild, that's what I'm trying to change. I'm trying to pick a couple different spots, but. If you're Vegas, try to slow down Carole Caprice Kaprizov. Keep keep it up on, on the penalty kill. And you most likely should be put in a good position to win the game. I'm curious how this goes. I still think it's probably a six or seven-game series, and it's going to be an entertaining one.
1: Dean's taking notes, obviously. He's listening.
2: <laughs> Declan Goff of Score North here on The Playmakers. Declan, appreciate you checking in with us, and uh, hopefully we can talk to you perhaps right before Game 7 if we uh, get a very interesting series. Oh,
0: I love it. I love it. Let's do it again, guys. Thank you.
1: Nice!
2: Bye. What's the, the brother and sister kind of thing? Well, basically,
1: we were both cutting our teeth around the same time uh, uh, back back home. But, you know, Declan, um, it's it's a special team that the town is definitely starting to buy into. And with last night's win and to take it at home against Vegas it, with the crowd, like it's only going to build up from there. And, and I think your question to note ab- about the intensity of practice for Minnesota and questioning Declan about that was was really pertinent because it illustrates exactly what Minnesota knows about the team that they have. And they're putting every ounce that they can to make sure that they're giving themselves the best shot.
2: No, they're ready. It mm-hmm. feels like it. And when you, t- when you're up game one and you're up one, nothing, you've definitely, uh, you've gotten to a good place and let you at least off to a good start. For sure. Up next, we have a hard job. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,